Thank you for joining us. God sent his only son, his sinless son, to die on Calvary's cross for you and me. Because of Jesus' sacrificial death, the gift of eternal life is available to anyone who chooses to receive it. Without the shed blood of Jesus, there would be no redemption for our sins. The Bible tells us that there is no salvation in any other. Without his selfless sacrifice, we would have no hope and no victory. Praise God for the gift of salvation and everlasting life. Listen in with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. Let's pray. And Father, we thank you for the privilege of preaching the gospel one more time. Who am I to stand before your people and most of all before your name and your person to represent you? Help me to preach with clarity and authority from your precious word. Help the people to not be distracted in their technology with pop-ups and other things to lure them away from the message. Help us to receive what we have come for. We thank you for those who who have tuned in by live stream, viewing with us, worshiping with us. Thank you for their presence with us wherever they are right now in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, amen. Amen. Have your Bible, open it up to Matthew chapter 5, verses 10 through 12, and other related passages as we deal with a message as it relates to the persecuted church, since this is a theme of this morning's worship celebration. Matthew chapter 5, verses 10 through 12, and there you'll find the following words. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And from this particular passage of scripture, we want to preach this morning, being faithful in the midst of persecution for Christ. Being faithful in the midst of persecution for Christ. When we think of Christian persecution, we often think that It is done in other countries far, far away from us, and nothing could be further from the truth as you've heard in the reading of the articles a few moments ago in this celebration. Not only is persecution of the saints occurring around the world, it is now right in our face in America and in many of our lives personally. As America becomes more politically correct, as America becomes more intolerant, as America becomes more lawless, as America becomes more inclusive of other religions, as America becomes more anti-Christ, we shall encounter more persecution for the cause of Christ. Beloved, the persecution of God's children is nothing new through the annals of history. We can clearly see it throughout the Bible as well. As long as there is a devil, and there is a devil, and if you don't believe there's a devil, you've been duped big time. 
As long as there is a devil, we will have relentless persecution against the children of Almighty God. Therefore, throughout human history, Satan has orchestrated persecution throughout the saints. Matthew 5, 12, and the text says, Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Persecution is nothing new. Um, persecution went back thousands of years when the prophets were speaking. Isaiah was persecuted. Jeremiah was persecuted. Many of the prophets were persecuted for the cause of Christ. Abel was persecuted in the first family, even there in the dawning of human history. One of the sons of Adam and Eve experienced persecution from his own brother. So it's been throughout human history. Persecution is real. Persecution is on the increase. It is not going anywhere. It is going to intensify. So you buckle your seats, prepare yourself, and get ready because the word of God has already forecast persecution. With that being said, why do some Christians not encounter persecution? You know, some people say, I'm not experiencing nothing. But perhaps there's a reason for that. And it's not a perhaps. I know there is a reason for that. Why do some Christians not even encounter persecution? Number one, some Christians are not persecuted because they love the pleasures of this world and the things in it. As long as you're in love with the pleasures of this world and the things in it, you're wrapped up and tied up with all of the pleasures of this worldly system. You'll not experience persecution. First John 2.15 says, do not love the world. That's a, that's a command. That's emphatic. Or the things in it. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Wow. You don't even have the love of God in you if you love the world more than God. Some carnal saints have so assimilated themselves into the world to the extent that people cannot even recognize that they are Christians because of their love for the world, which results in them not being persecuted. You're not going to be persecuted if you just love your stuff, live for stuff. It's all about you. It's all about fashions. It's all about trends. It's all about social media. It's all about the latest gadgets. And you just live for that and you never live for Christ. Hey, don't expect persecution. Secondly, why do Christians not encounter persecution? And by the way, this message is not just for older people. It is for believers, young and old. There are students in schools. There are the aged who are experiencing persecution. Uh, secondly, many believers do not take a stand or boldly witness for Christ because they fear death. And, and so, so they don't witness and they are not persecuted. Many believers do not take a stand or boldly witness for Christ because they fear death. They fear for their lives, so they just shut up, shut down, be quiet, conform. Matthew 10, 28 says, And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. 
but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Hell is a real place just as heaven is a real place. And everybody in this room and everybody throughout history is either going to heaven or hell based on your relationship with Jesus Christ. Killing the body is the worst thing that people can do to believers. The worst thing they can do to you and me is kill us. After they kill us, that's all they can do. They can't do it. They can stab us 50 times. Once we're dead, we can't die. Well, they stab me one more time. I have to die again. No. No. Killing the body is the, is the worst that people can do to us. Only God can destroy both body and soul in hell, which is why we should have a reverential fear of Almighty Jehovah God. When a believer is martyred for the cause of Christ, he or she is immediately, instantaneously delivered from the troubles of this world into eternal glory in the presence of the Lord. Actually, when they kill our body, they have done us a favor. We are in the presence of God, free from the cares and troubles and trials and tribulation of this world system. Now, don't go around saying, kill me. You know, I, I want to go to heaven. Kill, please kill me. I want to be a martyr. You know, there was some, down in history, there were people that were looking to be martyred. No, you are to live life to the fullest, to the glory of God. And if God so ordains that, then so be it. But we ought to not be looking to, to die that way. We are to live to the glory of God. And if it's his will for us to be martyred, so be it. If not, he will keep us until it is time for us to make our departure. I like the scripture when Jesus says, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. This speaks of spiritual death and eternal separation from God. Spiritual death, that's, that's eternal separation from God. That's what spiritual death is. Beloved, we must not live in pursuit of comfort. Our goal is not to pursue a life of ease, a life of convenience, a life of pleasure, all of which will result in one not experiencing salvation. Mark 8.35 says, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Did you get that? That's big. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my my sake and the gospels will save it. In other words, be mindful. Let me just bring it on home and make it relative for today. Be mindful. During this pandemic, do not become so fixated on self-preservation that you miss what God is calling you to do when people are desperately in need of hearing the gospel of Christ. The pandemic must not put us in a self-preservation mode to the extent that we are of no kingdom use for God. This is an exciting time to be living. 
This is, a, this is an exciting time for the gospel to go out. This is a, an exciting time for the doors of the Lord's church to be open. The church is essential for the spiritual needs of humanity. Let the doors of the church be open in the name of Jesus. Why don't you say amen? Why should the doors of the church be open? Because of so many living in fear, so many living in worry. During this pandemic, so many have suicidal tendencies. Domestic violence is on the rise. Drug abuse is on the rise. Loss of employment and income is on the rise. Depression. Children and teenagers and older adults are in deep depression. Sickness is on the rise. Death is on the rise and so much more. This is no time for us to be so focused on self-preservation that we are of no kingdom use to the glory of God. The scripture says, I reiterate, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. It's all about saving you. It's all about you. You lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. Number three, some Christians are not persecuted because they want people to like them. They really do. (laughs) They, They really want people to like them. And that's a dangerous place to be. Because number one, everybody's not going to like you. And if you think they all like you, you are deceived. Why don't y'all say amen? (laughs) Beloved, you are greatly deceived if you think that everyone likes you. And to attempt to get people to like you is a futile effort and a waste of time because people are fickle. They like you today, and you do one thing they don't like. Uh, They don't like you as much as they like you. (laughs) They can turn you on today and off tomorrow. That's right. Therefore, love Christ. Carry out his will for your life. And do not worry about what people think or what people say. That's why people can't be about the father's business. You wonder about what they think. You don't need man's approval. You Make sure you have God's approval. Make sure God is, is backing you. Make sure God is approving of your life. The scripture says in Luke 6, 26a, woe to you when all men speak well of you. Woe to you. I have people who love me dearly and I'll I know people, and a lot of them I don't know. They hate me just as much as others love me. But that's okay, and I'm not going to focus on that. I'm in good company. They did it to Jesus. Fourthly, some Christians are not persecuted because they are closet Christians. They are closet Christians. Matthew 5, 5, 5:15a and verse 16 says, Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. What's, what's the purpose of light if you're going to get the light on and get it going and then cover the light to the extent that it can't glow, that it can't illuminate? 
The purpose of light is to illuminate everything around it when it is put in a prominent place to get the greatest effect. Beloved, you cannot stay in the closet while the children of Satan are showcasing and parading and flaunting their sins down Broadway Street. Everybody else out of the closet, you shut in. You shut in. You, you scared. This might happen. That might happen. And they strutting down Broadway. Could care less about the virus. Could care less about their conduct. Lawless. And they are strutting in their sins while you are shut in saying, ooh, this or that may happen. And God is saying to you, can you trust me through this? That's the question you need to ask. God is saying, can you trust me through this virus? Can you trust me through this pandemic? Can you trust me through the elections? Can you trust me through the floods, the hurricanes, the fires? Trust me. I know what I'm doing. Just do what I told you to do. I've got you. I've got you. I know how to keep you in spite of. Why don't y'all say amen? How many of you know you're being kept by God? Listen, if you don't know that by now, you're in bad shape. We're here and we've been kept by God. We, listen, we could have been gone. The only reason you're here is because God still has a purpose and a plan for your life. And you're not going anywhere until God's through with his purpose and plan for you. God's got you. He's, he's, he's got you in the palm of his hand. And if he can hold the stars in the world and if he can hold Mars and Pluto and all these other planets, if he can hold them all, well, I know he can hold little old me. If his eye knows when a sparrow falls, I know he watches me. Do I have a witness out there? Well, now let's transition. Why are Christians persecuted? Why are Christians persecuted? Why are they messing with you? <laughs> Number one, because we are children of God. John 15, 18 says, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. It's nothing new under the sun. Why me? Jesus could have said that as well. If Jesus experience persecution, so will we. Christians are persecuted because we represent Christ on earth as his ambassadors, as his representatives to carry out the great commission that he has charged us with. Why are Christians persecuted? Secondly, Christians are persecuted because of our Christian testimony and godly life. Christians are persecuted because of our Christian testimony and godly life. Second Timothy 3.12 says, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. If you're running around, sleeping with everybody, drinking it up, living it up, drunkard, messy, gossip, pornography, in everything, adultery, homosexuality, bisexuality, and all the other alities, you, you, you see, nobody's going to bother you because you've gone with the world. Luke 21 verses 12 through 19 also says, 
But before all this, they will seize you and persecute you. They will hand you over to the synagogues and put you in prison and you will be brought before kings and governors and all on account of my name. Now, don't stop saying you're being persecuted for righteousness if you caught uh, stealing sugar out of H-E-B. No, you're getting just what you do. You're in jail because you stole or you cheated on your taxes. Okay, don't call that persecution. Don't call your sin persecution. Okay, let me just, that's a side note because somebody here needs that. Okay. He's, it says persecution and, and so, verse 13, and so you will bear testimony to me. Is there a testimony in your lifestyle? Can people look at you and take note that you have been with Jesus? It ought not take 15 years for people to discover that you're a Christian. Verse 14, but make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you would defend yourself. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You will be betrayed by even, look, there's parental persecution. I remember my son, Gerald, before he died, he was put out because of his testimony for Christ. I mean, there are children who have been put out by their parents, Muslim parents or pagan parents because of their love for Jesus. Parents persecuting children. There are children who persecute parents. You'll be persecuted by your brothers when at family reunion places because of your stance for Christ. Your sisters will persecute you. Your relatives will persecute you. Your friends will persecute you. Look at all of those right there. There's a listing of all those persons who will persecute you. So why are you surprised? Jesus Jesus, uh, took on hardships from his own siblings. And they will put some of you to death. Everyone will hate you because of me. But not a half of your head will, be, will perish. By, by your endurance, you will gain your lives. Now, if, you got, if, you, if you're a quick writer, if you can't get it down, I understand. But I'm going to give you something right out of that text. Living a godly life will cause you to be persecuted by imprisonment. Just, just don't try to write the whole word. Just say imprisonment. Verse 12b. Okay. Living a godly life will cause you to be persecuted by imprisonment, verse 12b. The government will persecute you, verse 12c. Now, some people want big government, want the government to take care of you. Let me tell you something. The the government don't do anything for you uh, uh, without uh, having an agenda. Okay, look how quiet it got then. I submit to you, the government is not your friend. By the way, the bank is not your friend. Allstate is not even your friend. <laughs> but you good, you're in good hands with Allstate. Just don't pay the premium. <laughs> oh, good night. The government is going to come against Christians. That's what you see in California. That's what you see in California. That's what you saw in Tennessee. Those letters, those are that's government, state government. The national government, oh yeah, they'll give you all these things, give you all these things. It's a setup. It's fattening you up so they can control. That's right. And after a while, they're going to require the mark of the beast. 
in Revelation, and some of y'all going to fall for it because you already been had. You can't take the pandemic. Well, how you, how you going to say no to them all? Oh, come mock me now. <laughs> the government, verse 12c, then you will be betrayed even by parents, relatives, and friends. Verse 16a, by parents, relatives, and friends. Your friends are turned against you. Verse 16a. Some of you will be put to death. Not all of you. God is not going to kill, allow everybody to be killed because if God allowed everybody to be killed, then who will be the witnesses? Some of you will be put to death. Verse 16b. And you will be hated for the cause of Christ. Verse 17. You'll be hated for the cause of Christ. Verse 17. Look at all that persecution. Wow. and, And you know what? I had to shorten this message and shorten this message. I have enough message here to preach on this for about a good six weeks. We just, but I, this could be a whole series to sensitize people on, on the persecution that's imminent, that's here, and how to prepare for it. Number three, Christians are persecuted because we speak up boldly for Christ. When you speak up boldly for Christ uh, in the colleges, in the classroom, in the public square, you will be persecuted. Like Stephen in the book of Acts, we will be persecuted. Acts chapter 7, verse 54, and verses 57 through 58, it says, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. And he was, he was telling the truth. And they didn't care. They killed him because he told the truth. And they gnashed at him with their teeth. I mean, they were furious. When, I bet their teeth were all edged out. Verse 57 then they cried out with a loud voice. They stopped their ears. You know, when people don't want to hear the truth, they stop their ears. And sometimes you might not put your hand over your ear, but you say, I don't want to hear that. Or you say, that point's not for me. That's for, that, that's for her. Stop your ears and ran at him with one accord. They rushed at him. They were angry. They were seething. Verse 58, and they cast him out of the city and stoned him. He was a martyr for the faith. As Pastor Rander concludes this message, let us resolve to obey God with praise and worship according to his word. Why should we? Because he is our creator. He has made us and fashioned us. He is our shepherd, and we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. We hear his voice. And he knows us, and we follow him. There is none other like him. If you enjoy Pastor Rander's teaching of the inerrant word of God, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church in Converse, Texas.